Welcome to Word of Life Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here. And wherever you're listening from, we believe that God will move to and through you from today's message. And while you're here, go ahead and head over to our online platform, thelifeonline.cc, where you'll find content on all kinds of topics like forgiveness, healing, prophecy, faith, and so much more. So check it out at thelifeonline.cc and enjoy today's message. How many are happy that you came to Word of Life today? How many are happy that you're a part of Word of Life? I, I mean, it's exciting. Last week, we opened up our new campus at Point Dexter, and that, that was, uh, I heard it was amazing. I was in there. I was at Highland Colony, and talking about Highland Colony, shout out to our Highland Colony campus, to our Fondren campus, our Point Dexter campus, and our online campus. Yes, sir, don't forget, there's five of us. We might be the pinky, but we're still part of the hand, right? <laughs> anyway, so, so um, uh, but before we, uh, we get started, you know, today is Palm Sunday. And, you know, it, it's, it's the start of the Holy Week, and we celebrate so many things of the Holy Week. And it's so important, you know, what, what Jesus did for us on the cross and on Calvary. And as I was meditating about these things, I had lunch a couple of days ago, and I was reminded of a story. I was with my three brothers. Uh, my middle brother had just gotten engaged. We were in California. Uh, he likes to be extra, so like he did it uh, over there in any way. And so uh, we went to celebrate afterwards. We ate, and then, as Colombians do, we went to a mall because we feel it's like our calling in life to uh, buy stuff. <laughs> and so... So we went to the mall, we were celebrating, and I, I get kind of bored at the mall, but my wife loves it, and so does my brother, and so they're, they're you know, they're, they're buying stuff and going to see things, and as I'm there, I, I look on the other side of, like, the courtyard where I'm at, I, I see this guy, and apparently he's a Satanist, and I can tell because of, like, the Satanic symbols that he has on his body and stuff, and he got really quiet real quick, <laughs> Hey, let me remind you that Satan is a defeated foe, right? Like, let me remind you that he is under your feet. Uh, let me remind you that the power of God does not even compare like, to the power of Satan. It's so much better, so much bigger. So that's why you don't have to be scared. So anyway, coming back to the story, uh, we're younger back then, way younger and very immature. Uh, and so I, I look at him and in my mind is like, oh, it's about to go down. It's like Harry Potter Christian version, right? Like... Hey, I'm just ready to like cast him out or whatever is going to come. And he like, we make eye contact. I'm just on the other side. I'm like, that's right. That's what you feel is the power of God. Uh, so anyway, but nothing really happens. Carolina's like, stop, stop being stupid. Let's go. And like, you're being embarrassing. I'm like, what, what, what? Like, you know, so anyway, but we were at a distance. And so I'm walking with Sammy, my other brother. You, you know him as the barista slash engineer. Uh, and so we're, we're, I'm walking with him. And then he tells me, don't look behind you. I'm like, why not? It's like, just don't look behind you. So I can tell he's kind of nervous. So I'm like, what? And he's like, he's right behind us. And I'm like, he is? And so I... I look back and he was, and he was like smiling. I'm like, oh my gosh. And so we see the Disney store. I'm like, go to the Disney store, go to the Disney store. It's the happiest place here. Like, go now. And then we walk by, and then we're like, we're kind of scared. And we walk by, and then when he passes by, I'm like, yeah, that's right, walk away. <laughs> so 
Uh, flash forward a couple of years, like three weeks ago, and I, I, I told our Highland Colony family this last, last weekend, uh, but it, I, I was preaching in this place called Altos, it, it's Altos de Sucre, Casuca Sector Cuatro, and so it's like a long story, but it's this very poor area in Colombia, just a lot, a lot of things happening among which there's like a lot of witchcraft. And so there was this demon-possessed girl. We didn't know it was demon-possessed. I don't want to tell the whole story. You're probably going to have to go back to last week's service at Highland Colony to hear. But, but we cast it out. We cast it out. We won. And it, there was such a growth from it. And the growth didn't come from just me being me. It came from knowing him. It came from knowing God. The Word of God says that those that know their God will do exploits. If it, but there, there's, there's something attached to that promise is, is you know God. Do, do you know him today? Do you know what he, a lot of people know what God is, you know, what God has done. But do you know him personally? See, there's a story in the Bible in Acts where these disciples go out to try to cast out this demon. And the demon talks back to them and says, listen, I know who Paul is. I know who Jesus is. I don't know who you are. And if you know the rest of the story, they, they get humiliated. So one person against five, if I'm not mistaken, or seven, the, the brothers of Siva. And, and so they're like, they don't even know how to respond to this. See, see, sometimes we, we, we think that we're good Christians because we come to church. But what actually makes us a Christian is if we follow Christ, is if we know his voice, if we can be led by him, if we have an intimate relationship with the Father, if we know the authority that we have in him. And so today, I kind of want to remind you of a few simple things that we as Christians should know and abide by and, and then act with. And the first, and I wrote them down as three empty things that will bring fullness to your life. Three empty things that will bring fullness to your life as a Christian. Because I believe God has created you with a purpose. I believe that God has created you, you know, with a purpose to, to do something impactful in this life. Among your family, among your friends. The, the place where you work, it's not just a place where you work. It's a place that you've been sown in. It's a place that you've been deposited in to do something that only God can do through you. Amen. But in order to do that, we, we need to know him, know him a lot more. It's not just know what the devil can do. It doesn't really matter. We want to know what God has done and what God can do and what God wants to do through you. Every time I fly to Colombia, uh, my dad, he, he lives there. He really doesn't come back to the States a lot. So sometimes he'll ask me uh, to take money back with me to deposit into his account over here. So he gives the dollars, he'll exchange them and give them to me. And so for the past two trips that I've taken to Colombia, it's been funny. The, the first, like a month ago, he, he gave me uh, some money and I go to deposit it. And the bank uh, teller tells me, oh, this one's a fake one. So I'm like, okay, I'm sorry. So like I grab it. And so I call my dad. It's like, dad, you gave me a fake one. And I, he's like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. So I'm like, I'm just going to bring it back to you. And you know, and like you can go and take it to whoever exchanged it to you. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's okay. So a month, a month goes by. I go back again. And then I, I, I come back. I go to the bank again. And I put some money in. And, and the, the guy looks at me. He's like, oh, this one's fake. And it's the same one. It's the same one because it's got, like, some tape on it. So I call my dad again. I'm like, Dad, like, just because you're, you're, you're persistent with it doesn't, will not make this a true bill. 
Like, go change it. But, but I was shocked with the ability of the bank teller to recognize a fake from a real one. And, and how he does it, he doesn't study all the fakes in the world. All he has to know is what a real one looks like. And once he knows what a real one looks like, he can spot the fake immediately. See, you don't have to know what the devil is about, what the devil is doing. You don't have to educate yourself with everything on the news and everything on the newspaper and everything on social media. You have to educate yourself on who God is. And once you know who God is, you can spot the fake. You can see the spirit behind things. You can cast it out. You can take authority in the name of Jesus. I said this when we had... um, our prayer conference in January, but my mom is really good at spotting it. And I remember I had this ex-girlfriend and when we walked into, I wanted to present it to my mom and my mom just, I'm not saying, I don't want to talk bad about this person. It just wasn't for me. And my mom looked at her and the first things that came out of her mouth was, I plead the blood of Jesus. <laughs> mom, and then she's quote Psalms 90. You know, it's like no pestilence will come into my building, my house. I'm a, mom, like, you come on, cast her out. But, but what, what I've learned is my mom no, 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 can spot a counterfeit because she knows what is real. So even in people, even in things, so do, do you know God? Is what I'm trying to get at. Do you know him? It's not can you spot a counterfeit? Do you know what is real? Do you know the real power of God among, in your life? See, when... Uh, when Palm Sunday came to be, before Jesus died and rose again, uh, Palm Sunday, it was just the Sunday where people chose the lamb to celebrate Passover. Four days before Passover, they would uh, choose a lamb. And, and the story is very cool because uh, w- what they would do is uh, um, Jerusalem had about 50,000 people as a population. And when Passover time came to celebrate Passover, it would swell to like 250,000 people. So it was just a lot of people. And they were there for one reason, to celebrate Passover. What is Passover? Is when God took them out of Egypt, you know, and then propelled them towards the promised land. And so they're celebrating this and they constantly celebrate. And they don't want to forget what God has done. And so four days before, they choose the lamb, and they would sing Psalms 118, which is known as the Hallel. I, I'm going to get, like, geek out a little bit with you, but I, 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 want, I really want to deposit this. I just don't want this to be, like, an emotional moment. But I want us to take something with us to our normal day-to-day lives. So they, they, they sing Psalms 118, and, and one of the things that they would say, which is what they sang when Jesus walked in, was Hosanna, which is Greek, and it means, Lord, save us. They, they were saying, Lord, save us, which is Hosanna, Hosanna, which is what they sang when Jesus went. Now, the lambs that were chosen for this specific day to commemorate the Passover and then also to achieve atonement, which what what it means is that they had kind of like this contract, this this pact with God that if they brought a lamb that was spotless, without blemish, without wrinkle, a perfect lamb, you know, they would sacrifice it and then they would get like a year of forgiveness, a year of God's grace, a year of provision. So they needed to do this every year. They've been doing it for a while. And now the word of God says that Jesus did that for us once and for all. That's why we don't have like sacrifices, you know, in our services or anything like that. Because Jesus was the ultimate sacrifice. But here these shepherds, they, they, were, uh, they would choose the sheep from a special flock that was in Bethlehem. Which I think is really cool. 
And not only were these, uh, were these sheep or this flock born and raised in Bethlehem, but the shepherds would take the sheep when they were born, and they would place them in mangers and swaddle them in special temple clothes. And then they would lead them in these feeding troughs, uh, troughs uh, to be examined. So now, does this sound familiar? Uh, because when the angels came to the shepherds and they say, hey, you know, the Messiah is born, Emmanuel, God with us is born, and you will find him lying in the manger, swaddled. So the, the shepherds understood this, and they're like, oh, so he, the, he, the Messiah is born to be the sacrificial lamb. Which then we see in John chapter 1, verse 29, the next day John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So John recognized, like Jesus, he came, his first coming was as a sacrificial lamb. And we know his second coming is as the lion of the tribe of Judah. You know, as our king who reigns, who will come and establish his kingdom here on earth. But this first time, he came to pay a debt he did not owe. Revelations 5.12 says that saying with a loud voice, there's thousands, hundreds of thousands of people in heaven. It says multitudes saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. Actually, once a year, the shepherds would take their special sheep and they would walk into Jerusalem through a specific gate known as the sheep gate. And walk through what is known as the Via Dolorosa, which is exactly the same door or gate that Jesus walked in uh, on Palm Sunday. Exactly the same corridor and, the, the, you know, the same, the same road. The Via Dolorosa was what, what he took and they would go to sell their sheep. And as they would go to sell their sheep, people would wave palms, sing Psalm 118, Hosanna, Lord save us, Lord save us again. And then whenever the sacrifice was made, the accountant would come in. And then he would check to see that the sheep was without blemish. And then he would say, Tetelestai, which meant it is finished or paid in full. So now Jesus, he walks in through the same door. He walks in through the, like the same sheep. He walks in as the lamb that was going to be slain. When he was slain, imagine what he said on the cross. He said, it is finished. Now Hebrews 9 will tell you, it shows you the x-ray of this picture that tells you that what was happening is that Jesus, instead of needing lambs or cattle or goats to sacrifice every year, Jesus went up to heaven and was sacrificed once and for all that his blood has paid a price for you. And now you, you, you can be healed. Now you are forgiven. Now you are made righteous. How many are thankful for what Jesus has done? Now, why, why, why am I talking about Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection on Palm Sunday? Well, because sometimes as Christians, we act that Jesus rises again every Easter. He's already a risen king. We just commemorate what has happened, but he is risen today. Like Jesus has already rose again and amongst us, the deep sheep, the ones that not only come on Easter, but we come on other Sundays too. Yeah, we come to celebrate, we come to glorify, we come to give him thanks for what he has done for us. Because he lives. You know you're getting old when you start talking about old songs like that. I said that in Highland Conley, because he lives. And some people, like, started to sing it. And then some other people were like, because he lives what? And I'm like, oh, that's when you know you're getting old. 
So three empty things that fill our life, three empty things that Jesus accomplished. The first is that Jesus left the cross empty. There's an empty cross that when you remind yourself of the empty cross, it, it should cause rejoicing. You know, every time an angel would appear to the people to proclaim that Jesus was coming. And actually the first words of Jesus when he appeared was the same word and it was, uh, it was salve, which is rejoice. It, which is also the word hail, like all hail King Jesus. I thought about putting the title of this message, Hail Yes, but, it, <laughs> but someone told me, no, hail, no. Uh, so, so we're not, so we're not, so this is not the title, okay? So don't look, at, don't look for it on YouTube like that because I, I don't know what you'd get. But the... But the whole point is, is that an empty cross should fill you with joy. Because you know that it's not just what he did, but you also know that he rose from that. That there's authority and there's power and there's salvation because of what he did on the cross. Let's go real quick to Romans 6, 23. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And come with me now to 1 John chapter 1, verse 7 says, But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ. His son cleanses us from all sin. So we read two verses. The first verse is what sin causes. It causes death. But because of the cross, now you get to have life instead of death. So the first thing that causes joy in our heart is that we know that there is a cross that is empty. We know that because of what Jesus did on the cross, it has been paid in full. My sin has been paid in full. My sickness has been paid in full. And so that's why we get to rejoice because what I am feeling now, if it doesn't align with the word of God, I can cast it out. Because I've been, it's been paid for. So, so we're, not, we're not pleading for healing. We're just calling something that is already ours because it's already been paid for. It's been deposited into your account. There is healing for you today. Highland Colony, there is healing for you today. Fondren, there is healing for you today. If you're on online, get alive in the chat and say, there is healing for me today. Colossians 1.14, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. The cross shows that you have been redeemed. The cross shows that you have been forgiven. The cross shows that it's been paid for and paid in full. That there is nothing that you might go through this life that hasn't been paid for by Jesus. So it's not pride. It's just acknowledging that, that he paid for it already. It's like in my dad's church, they have a cafeteria, and, and my dad, uh, he's got this, like, list that you can be on. And he, he told me, you know, like, go tell him, go get, go get something to eat and tell him that I'll pay for it. And so when I saw that, I saw a whole, like, new world open up to me. <laughs> I'm like, you mean to say that if I just say you said that I could just get whatever? And so, I mean, I, I was reprimanded two months later when the bill was... <laughs> Because I was telling everybody, like, I got it. I, I got it. But actually, my dad got it. So that was bad. But I, I just knew. It's like, if he said the word, let, let, let's just do it. It's a way to live. It's not just the empty cross. It's the empty tomb. Sam Morris says, the tomb of Christ is famous for what is not inside it. 
I've been to Israel a couple of times. My dad has this, uh, this idea, this vision of taking as many Colombian pastors to Israel as he can. So he's taking like over 300. And I remember the first time we went, uh, I was very skeptical because, you know, they say when you, when you fly in Israeli air, you will just feel different. And, and when you eat the bread, you will just feel different and everything. And to be honest, when I, when, when, when I was flying, I, did, I just felt tired when we flew in Israeli air. And then, I mean, I had the bread, but I was like, I've had better, uh, you know, back home. Nothing. I, I'm not disrespect. I'm just very skeptical. But when we went to the empty tomb, that's when it became real to me. Because we looked at it as like, that, that is our why. See, if, if the tomb was still filled, then we're kind of wasting our time. But, it, but the tomb is empty, which gives us our why of why we live this life and why we take authority because he's also alive. They, they, they asked this ex-Muslim guy once, you know, why he became a Christian. His family was asking him why he became a Christian. And he gives them this, this example. He paints this picture. He's like, say you're at a Y. Say you're at an intersection and you don't know which road to take. And you see two people. One is dead and one is alive. Who would you ask for directions? Listen, I'm telling you, there's a lot of religions out there, but there is only one that has a Savior that died and rose again. There's a lot of saviors and messiahs that have died and have said wonderful things, but there's only one that is risen. There's only one that is Lord. There's only one that is King of kings and Lord of lords. It's the risen Savior, Jesus Christ. Which brings me to my next point. The, the, the other thing that he left empty were the linens. Uh, John chapter 20, verses 6 and 7 says, Then Simon Peter came, following him, and went into the tomb, and he saw the linen cloths lying there. And then it says something interesting. And the handkerchief that had been around his head, not lying with the linen cloths, but folded together in a place by itself. So this is very interesting. Uh, allow me to geek out a little bit on my birthday. But uh, the, the, the linens is what was used to preserve death. In other words, you know, mummies, <clears throat> it's the same type of linen. So, like, if you died, they wrap you in this to kind of, like, preserve your body while it's dead. So, empty linens means, you know, no more death. Death can't be preserved. It can't really stop. Actually, Acts chapter 2 talks about this, and it says that it was impossible. Acts chapter 2, verse 24 says, Whom God raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible. It was impossible for death to hold God. Like, it was impossible. So, so anyway, so we celebrate this, and I'm sure on Sunday we'll celebrate it even more with more euphoria and emotion. And I, I love it. But then it says that not only were the linens, you know, dropped like in a wad, in a ball, but then it says, and then the handkerchief that had been around his head, not lying with the linen cloths, was folded together in a place by itself. During this time when this was written, uh, there, there was like a, a principle or a law that was followed from the servants and the masters. And the servant couldn't eat at the table until the master was finished. And how would, how would they know that the master was finished? They would grab their handkerchief and they would throw it on the table like this. But if the master left, but left the handkerchief folded, it meant that he was coming back. See, I, I want us to take a step further in our Christian walk. And not only celebrate Jesus because he came, he died, and he rose again, but also want us to start celebrating Jesus because he's coming back.
Did, did you know that Jesus is coming back? Did you know that our risen Savior, it's not only we're going to go to him, but he's actually going to come back and establish his kingdom here on earth. My dad would always say, if the second coming doesn't excite, excite you, it's because you don't know who's coming. Do you know him? Do you know him? Because the ra- when we talk about the rapture, when we talk about the second coming, when we talk about his millennial reign, it's not to scare you. It should excite you. Are you, you mean to say that Jesus is going to come again and abide among us and he's going to establish his kingdom and every law that we hate, every circumstance that we hate, he's going to come and he's going to correct it forever and we get to serve him and we get to see him face to face? I, I know I'm pushing you a little bit because when we talk about eschatology, everyone's like, oh, it's that, that escape theology that we just got to escape. But actually, it's on the contrary. It's an acceleration theology that if you know that he's coming back, you're going to start giving it your all. And now every, when, when you talk about this, people will tell you, ah, yeah, but no one knows the day or the hour. But Jesus comes back in, in Luke chapter 15 in Matthew 24, and he says, yes, but you should know the season. You, you might not know exactly when it's going to rain, but if there's gray clouds outside, kind of know when that it's going to rain. And Jesus told them, it, it's shocking. He literally uses that explanation. It's shocking that you can tell, you know, the, the, if it's going to rain or if there's going to be sun, but you don't know if the Son of God is going to come back or not. I want to tell you today and really excite you, not scare you. And if this scares you, you don't know who really is coming and what's going to happen. It's not the end of the world. It's the start of a new era. So with that, there's a couple of prophecies in like the the few minutes that we have left. There's a couple of prophecies that have already been fulfilled, which which excite me because I can see we are closer. We are in that era. In other words, the clouds are getting grayer. Like it's, it's about to rain. And, and these are signs of the end times. And what is a sign? It tells you how close you are. So if you see a sign that says 50 miles to Jackson, you know you are close to Jackson. So when you see these signs, Jesus said that when you start seeing these signs, then you can get excite one another. Exhort one another with these things. If there is a reason to, re- when the angels came, every time they would come, they would say, Rejoice because he's coming. Rejoice because he's coming. Oh, hail King Jesus. He is coming. Now, let me tell you, he is coming again. So, what do we do? We rejoice again. If, he, if every time he came, there was a reason to rejoice, if I tell you he is coming back, it means we get to rejoice again. No, I, I remember my dad, the first time he's, he taught me about, you know, eschatology and the end times. I was like, well, if he's coming back, let's get on the cruise. You know, I mean, before everything goes crazy, you know, let's, let's take on vacation. I don't want to leave my money to the Antichrist. I'm going to spend it all. You know, <laughs> you, you laugh, but we sometimes think these things. Luke chapter 21 says there will be great earthquakes and in various places famines and pestilences and there will be terrors and great signs from heaven. All these are the beginning of sorrows. So it's like the first sign. The more earthquakes happen. Have you seen the news? Have you seen what like Turkey and then Haiti and like all these and it just keeps getting bigger. It's, it, it, it's like, you know, the, the, the contractions of someone that's about to give birth and, and these are contractions. The world is groaning, and the closer you are to birth, the quicker the contractions are. 
And so, so notice how everything's like, oh, that's a downer. But no, this should get, get you excited. Not, not because of what's happening to the world, but because of who's coming. And he will establish his kingdom, and then he will correct and course correct everything that needs to be course corrected. And at the same time, it should empower you to go out and give it your all for Christ. In Bogota, well, we were there like a month ago, and an earthquake hit. It wasn't as big as Turkey, but it was pretty big. It woke us up at 4.21 a.m. And it woke me up because the bed started shaking. I, my first rea- I'm not proud of my first reaction, but it was my first reaction. I have to be honest. My first reaction, I stood up, and I told Carolina, grab the baby because I want to die together. Like, is it, like, I'm ready, Lord, take me. Like, I'm hugging them. And then the second thing, I, the second thing, as I was, like, thinking about what was happening, I was like, no, I plead the blood of Jesus. Like, I, my protection has been paid for. Then I remember Jericho, when the walls fell down, there was one place that didn't fall down. And that one place that didn't fall down was because this lady decided to believe in the God of Israel and was protected from everything that dropped, everything that fell, and she still was standing because of it. So I'm like, no, I'm not going to be, pardon me, God, for, for my first reaction. But here's my last reaction. I plead the blood of Jesus over my life. But it's happening. The second thing, I don't know if you've seen about the red heifer, which is like this red cow that needs to, it needs to it, they need this red cow to sacrifice in the third temple that will be built when like all this starts to happen. Now, this is one of those extinct animals that stopped existing until a couple of years ago when the farmer in Arkansas found it. God can move in Arkansas. Come on. I have a joke, but I won't say it. Uh, let's, maybe third service. Uh, but they found it, and now they breed him in Israel, an extinct animal. And now it's in Israel. Another sign, you're closer. Uh, animal Planet, March 2009, uh, came out with a documentary of 172 species of predatory birds that just arrived in Israel. This is the largest gathering of these species ever Ezekiel 39 verse 4 says, you shall fall on the mountains of Israel, you and all your hordes and the peoples who are with you. I will give you to birds of prey of every sort and to the beasts of the field to be devoured. How crazy is that? This is not JesusIsComingSoon.com. This was Animal Planet. Oh, I mean, like, sometimes it's like, ah, you got that out of that random, you know, like, secondcoming.org or something. No, 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 no. This is like someone that doesn't even believe, and they can't explain why. And then the Bible shows, oh, no, that's because we're getting ready. And I'm not saying, you know, it'll be tomorrow. It'll be now, go. No, like, <laughs> calm down. <laughs> I've seen people like, oh, my gosh, now. <laughs> my dad knows a lot about this, and one day when I was a kid, one day he woke, uh, I woke up, and he was in a tuxedo, and I legit got scared. Because I'm like, oh, you know he's coming. You're preparing. <laughs> like, as I'm like, asking for forgiveness for everything that I've done. But when you know who's coming, it excites you. And this is where I, wa- I, is where I want to conclude. At, at the end of, of a soccer game, to give you an example, the last two minutes of a soccer game are the craziest two minutes because stuff that doesn't, never happens happens because they're trying to win the game. So the goalie who never leaves his post, the last two minutes, will go all the way to the other side to see if he can score a goal. A basketball game, the last two minutes of an all-star game are the best two minutes of an all-star game. Because then you start seeing things that usually never happen in a game. 
It's why in football it's called the two-minute drill because the last two minutes, they are giving it their all. They, they are chucking it from half court in basketball. They're, they are throwing 60, 70-yard touchdowns because it's the, if it's the last minute of the game, we give it our all as a church. I want to remind you, I'm not saying that, you know, there's two minutes left, but I can tell you we are very close. And if we are very close, I want to inspire you today to, to, to chuck that ball from half court. Talk to your neighbor you haven't talked to in 20 years. Invite your mom to Easter, even though you know it's weird, it's crazy. But now is the time to just throw the Hail Mary. Because you want them to be ready for Jesus' coming. And this excites us, but it's not exciting news for everyone unless they come. Do you know him? We've got a wonderful week this week to get to get closer to God. It starts tonight at Fondren, 6 p.m. I'll be preaching, and we'll be preaching about four steps on how to get close to God. And I, I, I want, I'd recommend it. I, I, I'm inviting you to come tonight. If you're at Highland Colony, 6 p.m. at Fondren. If you're at Fondren, don't move. And if you're online, come. And then Monday, 9 a.m. at Highland Colony. Tuesday at every campus. Wednesday at Point Dexter. Thursday at every campus. Friday we'll be here. And we will be celebrating, but we'll be getting closer to him. See, the, the, this, is, this is the conclusion of what we are made to do is to know him. And those that know their God will do exploits. And I believe that God's miraculous power can move in your life. No matter who you are, no matter where you live or where you work, God can do outstanding things through you. He wants to bless people around you. But he wants people to be ready for his second coming. See, we celebrate his resurrection but I think we should also long for his coming. You know, and it's easy to celebrate his resurrection, but I, I believe that there's so much power in establishing your life towards that goal, to be ready for his coming, to invest in what truly needs to be invested, you know, to be like that, that parable of the, of, of the five, not widows, the five virgins, you know, there was 10 of them, but only five were ready and only five were taken. Because we truly don't know the day or the hour, but we do know the season. And once you start seeing, you know, it's going to rain, you might want to get an umbrella. So in the same way, I, may I admonish you today to, to get ready, to know him, to delete stuff you need to delete from your life, to get to know him better. You know, get rid of excuses. This is not the time for any excuses. This is a time to run 90 yards in the field, no matter what. This is, the, this is a time for a full court press on the devil. Like, this is a time to give it your all, to wake up early and pursue his presence. Because if he truly is coming, he's coming for a triumphant church. He's coming for a church that is ready. And I know a word of lifers. I know we're going to be ready. This is why this week is different. This is why you can feel it in the atmosphere. You just feel it, it, it's coming. It's what P Pastor prophesied months ago. That it, it seems like the same darkness, but it's a new day. It's like that 12.01 a.m. It's a new day. And it'll only get brighter.
three weeks ago I was preaching at this church in, in Colombia. And not randomly, not anything, but you can just tell it's a, it's a new season. We saw 168 people receive Christ. That's, you, you're a part of it. As a church, you're a part of that. But it's just something that is kind of like unexpected until you realize what is happening. It's that end time harvest. Make sure your family's a part of it. Make sure your friends are a part of it. Make sure you're ready. Father God, we thank you for this day. Father God, we thank you for, for this moment, for this opportunity. Father God, we, we thank you because you not only died for us and paid the price and resurrected. I thank you, Father, because you're coming back. And you're coming back for a glorious church. You're coming back for a triumphant church. So we thank you, Father. We, we wait on you, Father. We learn to wait on your presence. We want to get closer to you. We want to know you more, Father. We want to know you and the power of your resurrection. Father, be real in our life. Let it be like Matthew 20 when, when, when the person would go to the marketplace and see if there's people that are ready to work in the vineyard, are ready to work outside. came at... at at 3, came at 6, came at 9, came at the 11th hour. Still asking, and if we are in the 11th hour, he is still calling. And he is still asking, who will go? Who will go? Let this be your hour of answering his call. Of saying, Father, I commit today to pursue your presence even more. I commit today to follow you with everything that I am. Father, we long for your glory. We long for your presence. Father, move among your people. Father, let your glory be real to us. Let it not just be something we talk about. Let it be something we experience. Let it be our testimony that we know a risen Savior, that we know you and the power of your resurrection. And we declare exploits in our life. We declare supernatural things in our life. We declare supernatural health in our life. We declare supernatural provision in our life. We declare supernatural joy in our life. We declare resurrection power in our life. We thank you, Father. Hallelujah. And we give you all the glory. And we give you all the honor. Well, prepare yourself. Prepare yourself. We give you all the glory and all the honor. We glorify you. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen.